Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. edition of the News Roundtable. Good morning. My name's Quaid, and uh, there's a couple of interesting pieces that uh, I think connect together online at WTAD.com. I would point you in the direction of the center square that says uh, Illinois has the second highest property taxes in the nation. And a little bit further down under the Illinois policy section, uh, you have a, a piece from our pal Adam Schuster talking about Illinois wasting uh, taxes supporting too many school district bureaucracies. Uh, it's an interesting thing to talk about, considering that uh, we're going to be voting on paying higher property taxes to pay for higher pay for school workers and teachers. So we'll break down uh, Schuster's position. It's not a long piece, very... A uh, quick thing that uh, Adam must have put together on his lunch break or something, uh, but he did throw a graph in. Uh, so we'll uh, talk about that. Uh, an interesting situation uh, as far as the vote coming up, and I'm going to tie it in with the uh, votes on the progressive graduated fair tax that Governor Pritzker would like us to vote for in November. So we'll uh, dissect these things coming up on the back half of today's show. I'm joined in studio by Steve Bull pressing the buttons behind the board and Scott Hardy with all of the latest from the WTAD newsroom. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Quaid. Good morning, everybody. Several schools have called off classes for today due to slick road conditions, including both the Quincy Public and Quincy Parochial Schools. Several others have delayed the start of classes for two hours. That includes uh, the Hannibal Public Schools, they're on a two-hour delay, as are Monroe City, Palmyra, Shelby County, R4. Also on a delay this morning, uh, Canton Schools and VIT. John Wood Community College campus will open this morning at 11 a.m. Quincy Area Chamber of Commerce says it's supporting a proposed 53-cent property tax hike by the Quincy Public Schools that's on next month's ballot. That word came Tuesday from QPS, which said the decision was made by the Chamber's Board of Directors. Chamber Executive Director Latonya Brock said in a statement... The board made the decision, quote, because we believe that it is in the best interest of our community and our local businesses to ensure a quality education for our students. A top-notch educational system is critical to the success of Quincy, as education is a key factor in the workforce development, population retention, and talent attraction, end quote. Chamber hosted forums for its members about the 53-cent referendum, which is on the March 17th primary ballot, you'll remember. Uh, earlier this month on WTAD's Mary Griffith show, Brock revealed that at the time, a survey of chamber members was running 60-40 against the measure. Superintendent Roy Webb says he's grateful for the chamber's support. QPS says the $5.3 million raised by the property tax hike each year would go to pay for state mandates of a $15 an hour minimum wage and a $40,000 a year starting salary for teachers. No one was hurt this on uh, Tuesday morning, rather, but two students were taken to Blessing Hospital as a precaution after a Liberty School District bus was involved in an accident. The Adams County Sheriff's Office says the accident happened around 7.10 a.m. southeast of Beverly. A report says that the bus, driven by Dana Haxel, slid on the snow and went off the road, then went down an embankment and rolled onto its side. 
Three students were on the bus when the accident happened. The sheriff's office says no one was hurt, but two passengers were taken to Blessing Hospital to be evaluated per their parents' request. No arrests have been made, but the accident is still under investigation by the sheriff's office. A Lewistown man was hurt around 8.15 Tuesday morning when his SUV slid off of Lewis County Route V east of Maywood. The Missouri, rather, that accident happened uh, last night, or rather Tuesday night. According to the Missouri State Highway Patrol, 21-year-old Isaac Brown was taken by ambulance to Blessing Hospital with moderate injuries. That accident happened about a mile and a half east of Maywood around 8.15. A Liberty man's car slid off the ice-covered pavement on Rawls County Route T about a mile south of Hannibal just around 6.55 Tuesday morning. One person was hurt in that accident. The Missouri State Highway Patrol identifies that person as 19-year-old Haley Schutz of Hannibal. She was taken to Hannibal Regional Hospital with moderate injuries, according uh, to that uh, incident report there as well. Uh, That uh, vehicle, as I mentioned, slid off the ice-covered road. The driver of that vehicle, 19-year-old Austin Knight of Liberty, was not hurt. Rawls County RT saw another slide off Tuesday morning around 7.15. That accident happened four miles south of Hannibal. According to the Highway Patrol, 40-year-old Anthony Wells of New London drove his car off of an ice off the ice-covered highway and hit a tree. He was taken to Hannibal Regional Hospital with minor injuries. A Quincy teen accused in the fatal late September shooting of a Quincy man has pleaded not guilty. Roger Parker Jr. entered that plea Tuesday at a hearing in Adams County Circuit Court. Trial date hasn't been set in the case as the defense is still waiting for the results of a mental fitness exam they wanted Parker Jr. to undergo. He's been charged as an adult with three counts of first-degree murder in the death of 18-year-old Daryl Kelly Jr. of Quincy. An incident happened on the afternoon of September 26 in the 600 block of Sycamore. Parker Jr. is in the Adams County Jail in the Adams County Juvenile Detention Center, rather, on $5 million bond. He's due to be back in court April 24th. A Payson man convicted of setting the Newcomb Hotel fire has pleaded not guilty to a burglary charge and will go on trial in April. Matthew Clark entered that plea Tuesday at his arraignment in Adams County Circuit Court. He faces counts of burglary and possession of burglary tools and was indicted on the counts in mid-February. Prosecutors say Clark was arrested the day before on February 12th behind the Old County Market Building on North 30th. He's due to go on trial April 13th. You'll remember Clark was sentenced to probation in 2015 after admitting to starting a fire that destroyed the former hotel at 4th and Main in September 2013. He also was sentenced to 10 years in prison after admitting that he stole a truck from the same county market location in 2014, later setting it on fire in Pike County, Illinois. He's in the Adams County Jail on $100,000 bond and will be back in court on March 25th. A Quincy man is likely to face charges after allegedly trying to pass counterfeit money at a Payson store. The Adams County Sheriff's Office hasn't identified the man, but does say they were called Tuesday to the fast stop in Payson for the man allegedly trying to use the fake money. He was able to escape deputies after a pursuit, but authorities were able to find him based on his vehicle information. He was at a home in the 500 block of Harrison in Quincy and was arrested after a short standoff there. man's currently at Blessing Hospital undergoing a mental health evaluation. And a boil order has been issued for parts of downtown Mount Sterling. That's according to Public Works Director Dusty Boss. He said Tuesday morning that the boil order is in effect for all locations on the south side of Main Street from 100 to 124 West Main all locations on the north side of South Street from 100 to 109.5 West South Street. No reason's been given for the boil order. Boss says those residents should boil their drinking water until further notice. 
That is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and also on our social media pages, including both Twitter and Facebook. And I imagine Mount Sterling residents are used to that, but still... You'd almost need a compass, you would think. It put a laugh in my... On West-South Street. <laughs> she mentioned that this morning. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't help but laugh out loud about that. North uh, on South Street or South on North Street? Which way am I going here? <laughs> Luckily, Highway 24, which runs through Mount Sterling, goes east-west. Mm-hmm. So that's a good way to remember it there. And uh, so you just stand on Highway 24 there, and you look at the Brown County Courthouse. You just look north. Okay. Uh, speaking of cancellations that Scott was going to... Sorry, Steve. Um... Tonight's uh, game night? Uh, yeah. On, on, far- on is scheduled right now. Okay. Yeah. Regional I, championship. I mean, road-wise, there's no reason why they wouldn't play it. Okay. But yeah. if they don't have school today, can they play basketball tonight? I, I, I'm not sure. This is not my department. I don't know That's the why answer I asked. to that. But. I would imagine, I don't know if, if it's different because of playoffs, but I would, playoffs. Think, I would think that it would be, you know. Because you're you're not under the local purview sure. anymore. You're under the ISHA, IHSA now. Mm-hmm. So they might just say, fellas, <laughs> fellas right. we need the money. Come on. Yeah. you know." There okay. is an off night tomorrow. That's why I ask. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tomorrow's open for play if necessary. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, They're on let's, scheduled for now. Let's hope that doesn't happen, though, because you know what happens if that does. We got to oh, bump the Illini. We got to bump the Illini <laughs> again. Of course we do. Please play tonight. All right. Uh, so stay tuned uh, for uh, uh, updates or no updates. Is actually an update, I guess, when you get right down to it. Or I guess if we find out that there's a positive that this, this is going to go down, the regional championship game tonight, then that will be put we'll, out there we'll, as well. We'll announce it, and we'll definitely have it on our Twitter feed for sure. Thank you very much, sir. It's 1016. Uh, we tell, we'll take a time out. When we come back, uh, paying for education here in the state of Illinois. We've already, Springfield's already said that uh, school workers and teachers are going to get paid more. That's going to have to come out of our property taxes. But is there another way to approach this? Is there uh, a negotiation on some level that could be had? We'll talk about this uh, building off of Adam Schuster's uh, wasting money on school district bureaucracies piece when we come back. On the news roundtable. WTAD. So could you hear players at one point say, hold on, man, I'm out of breath, man. I saw players sit down and feign a cramp just to get a, a few minutes uh, of time to gasp air. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, it was it was definite. The, the Jamaicans were not ready for that type of elevation or the level of play that they uh, saw from Cruz Azul. Yeah. So we're talking CONCACAF uh, <laughs> Champions League, which is Way beyond Steve's range yeah. of paying attention. That leaves me out. Uh. <laughs> Welcome back to the News Roundtable Talk Radio 930 WTAD. At the beginning of the show, I pointed you towards WTAD.com. There you'll see a piece under the center square section about Illinois 
having the second highest property taxes in the nation following, I believe, New Jersey. If you scroll down a little further under the Illinois policy section, friend of the show, Adam Schuster, has a brief piece about the state of Illinois uh, spending more uh, taxes supporting too many school district bureaucracies. And it's an interesting point that he brings up because he starts out by saying that the state could put uh, another 700 plus million dollars towards the classrooms uh, or property tax relief if uh, the state reduced school district bureaucracy just to the national average. Um, What he brings up has been a rub for taxpayers for a long, 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 long time, and that is top-heavy education bureaucracy. filtering money to that that doesn't get down to the teachers and the classrooms this has been when you talk with voters the bugaboo about all referendums for as long as i can remember if i knew this money could get to the classroom and the teachers i would vote for it but i don't trust that the administrators and by the way there's there's been an increase in administrators over the last 20 years or so in the land of lincoln if if I didn't if I if I thought the money would get through that level and get down to where I want it, I would vote for this. But I don't trust is this is and I've heard this from several taxpayers in different states uh, over the years. I know we're focusing on Illinois now, but the 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 dynamic isn't really different anywhere. It's just more concentrated in the land of Lincoln. As Schuster points out, Illinois is the only only alone state uh, to spend more than a b- b- billion dollars on district-level administrative costs in 2017. You say, all right, quit. 2017 was a long time ago. That is the most recent data available from the Census Bureau. To give you a measuring stick, Schuster points out that the state of California has three times as many students as Illinois and yet spends 40% less than Illinois on district administration. That's not a small amount. Three times as many students and still spends 40% less than Illinois on district administration. Uh, We've talked about this before. The cost we pay per student versus what we're getting from those students, what they're learning, and we're losing that battle. We're paying more and getting less achievement from these students, uh, especially when you compare it to our uh, neighboring states. The uh, state of Illinois spends $581 per student on district-level administration. That's more than double the national average of uh, $230.62. So if you subtract that and say, look, as a state, we're just going to go with the national average here in Illinois, that extra money that we're already spending could be redirected to get to the classrooms or have it for property tax relief. I think you would have some people standing up and paying attention if if you could do that, if we could have this conversation. Schuster's point is Illinois has too many school districts serving too few students. Now, everybody applies it to themselves. I understand that. When you hear talk about this on a statewide level, uh, they're not necessarily talking about uh, Adams County or Quincy proper. What they're talking about are areas like in uh, the Metro East, in Madison County, St. Clair County, Cook County, 
specifically, but occasionally in some of the uh, areas of the collar counties as well. You have a whole lot of administration in areas where there aren't so many students. We've talked about it before per Chicago that you have schools that have almost no kids wandering around in them because everybody's moved. And so you have, you've had that fight up there between the school district, the unions, and the city government in Chicago. What do we do? Do we keep these schools open? Do we consolidate and have fewer schools? Okay, what do we do then with the leftover teachers, the leftover administrators? And the answer so far is pay them. We've, uh, uh, per Springfield, and this is the argument that has been made locally, well, the state says we're going to have to increase the school worker pay up to $15 and teacher pay up to 40000 a year at least. So we're going to have to have this referendum. You guys have to vote on this. If you vote for it, we'll meet these, these payments and these increases and we'll be fine. Uh, if you don't vote for it, they're still going to have to get paid. But that money's going to have to come from somewhere else. So where will it be diverted from? That's an interesting question. How will the budget come together if you know these increases are going to happen? What is going to be decreased as far as local pay? It's a question that I think local taxpaying voters would like an answer to. So if we don't vote for this, how are you going to make those payments to those school workers and teachers? Are you going to re- are you going to get rid of some workers? Are you going to treat it like the the private sector and reduce the number of workers? Are you going to reduce the number of teachers? Or could you reduce the number of administrators? Because it really, uh, the argument so far has been, look, the state's told us to do this. Now, you could reframe it and say, look, if we don't vote for this, these will be the consequences. You're going to have fewer teachers, which means more students per classroom, which means students will have less one-on-one time with the teacher. Uh, And that's not what... I believe students or parents want for their kids who are in public school. Well, what is the administrator per student level? What is the administrator per teacher count? Obviously, the unions would fight something like this, and I understand that's that's their job to do something like this. But they can't expect we, the taxpaying voters, to not, you know, be responsible with our end of this equation. Schuster says the state should consolidate school districts to reduce unnecessary administrative spending. There is legislation. Uh, Adam points out that there is a House bill, 4005, 4005, uh, that Representative Rita Mayfield has introduced that would introduce a plan to right-size the number of districts to ensure uh, that the money flows to classrooms instead of the administrative level and, and bloats. So... We were talking about this uh, before the break. How does the IHSA divvy things up? It's based on uh, class size. It's yeah. based on number of students per district. How about we? Uh, I understand athletics are different than than you know schoolwork than than the, the education part of it. But can we have number of administrators based on number of students? Why not solidify that a specific number of administrators per student slash Teachers. Perhaps that's already the case. Can we talk about adjusting that as opposed to adjusting the number of teachers or school workers? 
Consolidation uh, is something that Governor Pritzker has voiced getting behind. Now, I think he was talking about city-county levels of government, but this would qualify. Consolidation is consolidation. Saving money is saving money. Property tax is going up because Springfield has upped pay for school workers and teachers. Okay, if we don't vote for this, is it teachers are going to be uh, weeded out, thinned, or will it be administrators? You could probably save more money by weeding out fewer administrators. And by the way, be aware, if you watched the Democrat debate last night, candidate Tom Steyer says we should raise teacher pay to a minimum of $60,000 a year. Not sure where that money comes from as of yet uh, either. So what are we getting for those tax dollars? As we told you before, it's not the results that we would want. Illinois is behind our neighbors uh, in uh, academic achievement. So if Governor Pritzker, I'm going to push this further, if Governor Pritzker would like his fair tax applied, could there be a negotiation to have to up the ante on the government side of this negotiation? Could that consolidation of school districts and administrative staff come into play? I know that's two different pools of tax dollars, property taxes, income tax dollars, but ultimately it comes from the same place. Our wallets, our back pockets, our accounts. So perhaps for the conversation of, you know, taxpaying voters, maybe we could conflate those two because in the end, it's the taxpayer's money in the first place. Stay tuned. That's the Wednesday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back in tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.